You ever try to figure, ever try to figure whether or not the weather's driving you crazy or are you crazy already? I don't quite understand. Day like today, hot, all hell breaks loose inside your head. Feel like you're gonna split wide open. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey, guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, the segment Act Break, um, you know, that that, that revisit of uh, The Bard. You know, not a great segment, but I hope I hope you enjoyed the conversation. So um, before we get started here with uh, this is, um, well, I should stay with the show. This is Strange Highways. It is a show in which we watch The Twilight Zone um, in order. We watch the original 60 series, uh, seasons one through five. Go back and listen to that. If you'd like to dig in there, we've covered also both uh, seasons of the Paramount Plus series as well. We're now into the 80s Twilight Zone, and we're watching it in order, segment by segment. Uh, eventually, that will even out to be episode by episode, but the first season's a little weird. That, you know, th- weird things happen. This is a good transition. Um, I have to throw out a mea culpa to my co-host Terry here because uh, he's going to be like, didn't we just talk about this? And I'll be like, yeah, we just talked about this episode, The Burning Man, like what, th- two or three days ago. Yeah, we recorded an entire episode. It's the greatest episode that we've ever done on the show. I got to tell you, we went places like feelings were revealed. Um there, there was just, you know, we were gutted and just because it was just so amazing. And then I, I somehow, been there. somehow I messed up the recording and I got the first 20 minutes. So we're here again. So for you all listening, it's like, oh, this will be the first time we've talked about the Burning Man. And Terry and I are going to be like, mm, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I do apologize because he's a very busy man. Uh, you know, uh, being a, just, you know, generally a busy person and a good husband. Uh, and then I'm like, Oh, I screwed this up. And then, so I'm taking away from his weekend, his weekend kicking off to, to, to redo this because I was a dumb, dumb and didn't record shit, man. I got yeah. high noons. The yeah. weekend has started. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so actually I'll say that when, like what had caused the initial issue with the recording was my, what well, was one for me, not finishing the recording, but Terry had made a reference to one of the actors we're going to talk about in a second. And I inadvertently, um, like, hit one of my beers and, and tipped it onto my keyboard. Um, and it was, it was the timing of it was really, really improv. Like it was just because the, the, the movie that you referenced, it sounded, it looked like I had like a fit and just threw a beer and, um, not just any beer, an iron city, beer. iron city. Beer. Iron, so iron you city, baptized yes. your keyboard. Yeah. In it's weird. Pittsburgh's best. Yeah. It's like, I just, every time I hit the letter Y, it just goes ends. It's, it's like, it's like, did you mean yens? I'm like, no, I did not mean that. And it just, yeah. So, so it was a comedy of errors that you'll never hear. And now we'll go on to, I'm sure I could, you know, the night's young. Maybe I'll spill various other liquids all over the place. That sounds really inappropriate. So <laughs> um, I don't know. I, 
It's Friday. It's the What's weekend. The, let's get crazy. Liquid working for the weekend. Yeah, like I just I need one of those party horns. Like, burr, 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 yeah, know? right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah, let's just get into this um, again. Um, and I'm sorry, the first time. It is the Birdie Man uh, season one episode eight segment uh, B. So let's get into who did what here. All right. So our director on here is, uh, and I'm I'm going to hope hopefully pronounce this correctly this time. Uh, director and also the screenplay writer here is uh, J.D. Villachinson. No, uh, Fagelson. Fagelson. Well, didn't do it again. Eh, Whatever. Yeah. I know you're just trying to keep to the spirit of what we talked about before. Yeah. So keep it format. Terry can't pronounce names. Um, It's it's like, it's like we go like, oh, we're going like for track and field. It's like, I got the hurdles. It's like, you'd never done the hurdles. I'm like, I'll get it this time. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If if this was like the, uh, you know, uh, mystery men, this is my power. Like (laughs) I uh, mispronouncing names. Um, So yeah. So uh, like I said, also did the teleplay for this and we'll also be doing the teleplay and directing for another episode that, or segment that we'll be talking about in the future, but, um, also known writings. Uh, he did, uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, which apparently he's doing the sequel. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what's going on with that. Well, you you had mentioned um, that that we know this is a made for TV movie. You you have seen this. You it's have incredible. Liked it. It's really good, um, and it's something that I think we should visit. Maybe we should slate this for like Halloween times. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love to revisit Maybe this. Do like a detour and do like some like made for TV horror because we've um, you did did you and I do trilogy of terror? No, no, no. Sorry, trilogy of terror. I, I we talked about that's the Karen Black three correct uh, that that. I talked about that on the other show invasion with my other friend that I spill liquids with. I don't know. That makes that's terrible, Steve. Uh, but yeah, like so purposely though, pur- purposely though. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's get so excited talking about uh, t- trilogy. Karen, terror. Yeah, yeah. Karen, Karen black. black. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. You know, like, all right. So, um, yeah, so I would like to do more like, like there's some cool made for TV stuff out there. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. definitely. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the format here in the sense that we talk about horror, we talk about sci-fi and then, you know, that was always like for the every, the, the everyday person, you know, you could just tune in real quick and watch something quick. <laughs> so, okay. Um, remember like, okay. So growing up, you'd always have like the, like the, the, you know, the, the made for TV movies where like sometimes they'd have like the special event ones, you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah. like so I, it. Yeah. Well, like, that too, but I remember um, when the movie Twister was coming out, there was like a oh, made for tornado. TV tornado, right? Yeah. Where had, I think it had Bruce Campbell in it or something. I, I think he was. Yeah. But I remember I was like, when I was growing up, I was talking to my one friend who, uh, like we, cause we were, we went to go see Twister together and that was, that was a wild experience because like that film, like just, just the first time you see it in the theater, yeah. crazy, right? It was, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was um, uh, mesmerized by it when then, I was a kid. Also, I just remember this, this is, uh, she, um, she has cerebral palsy and, uh, she could either, you know, she would use her crutches or she could use a wheelchair, whatever, like whatever's better. And for going to the theater, we, you know, would use the wheelchair. Cause obviously it's like, you already have your seating. Let's just get this, you know, it was fine. Right. Right? It was, but she was like, Oh, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, what? And she gave me like the little hanging thing to put in the car for the, the handicap parking. And we got like the best spot in the, in the whole place, but she left her crutches in the backseat of the car. And I'm just like, wait a second, people are going to walk by and see this and look and be really confused about why there's a car in this first spot. And then there's crutches in the back and like no one's around the car. It was really, it's like, it's a really weird visual, right? But yeah, anyway. it's like, oh, oh, look at this guy over here doing insurance fraud. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, she was trying to tell like, like one of her, like, uh, like grandparents, like, yeah, we, we went to go see Twister and she's like, oh, I saw that on the TV the other night. It's like, that's not what you saw. Right. Like, <laughs> like you saw Tornado. 
with Bruce Campbell, you know, only if he fights the tornado would that movie, I think probably be worth it like, with the shotgun and with the shotgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on now you get out of here. You tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Shop smart. Yeah. Shop ass smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, then our writer on this, a, a well-known writer, uh, I think a lot of people might know him from, uh, you know, your high school days reading Ray Bradbury. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, um, not, um, not an unfamiliar writer for the twilight zone. Uh, well, kind of, he wrote um, his story. Uh, I sing the body electric was in the original series. It was in um, season uh, three, I think. Uh, and Bradbury and, um, and, and Serling kind of had a very, uh, opposite, like Serling always seemed very favorable towards Bradbury. Bradbury was never, he was, he's a bit of a, a grump. We'll put it that way. Um, and he was kind of frustrated with things and it was like, there was always promises of getting some of his other stories on the show. It just never panned out. And that was the only one. So this is actually like the only, this is the, um, the second Bradbury story the Twilight Zone has ever actually produced under the mantle of the Twilight Zone. And I'm actually really surprised by that because. You would think that whenever I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm cutting off. I apologize. It's just, you would think that like, cause they were contemporaries and he's a very well established, like boundary pushing sci-fi writer. You think that he would have been like, just like, cause I mean, you got, you know, um, Matheson, who, uh, you know, I, you know, they're very, they're very prolific writers in their own ways, but Matheson was also a very imagine, you know, imaginative sci-fi writer. It's like, you would think that this would it would have been perfect, a perfect fit to have Bradbury's part of the twilight zone. Yeah, very much so. Um, so the, the other thing that would be a connective tissue for, uh, Rod Serling would be, uh, he did an episode of Playhouse 90. Uh, and then outside of that, the, the most well-known stories, at least from my perspective here is uh, Fahrenheit 451 and then something wicked this way comes. Yes. Um, which we'll talk about the, uh, pros, because I think that'll tie in later. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. I don't know if Bradbury actually had any segments with the Night Gallery. It seems like that might have been a thing. Something tells me that feels like that'd be right, but I, I didn't go back and search because I'm I'm a hack and a fraud and a guy that can't record. I didn't see it, properly. but I mean, you know, there's sometimes a like uh, IMDb screws things up. Yeah, so. I mean, it just it seems like that'd be a weird another. Well, that's I don't know. It just feels like you have like a like a living a towering figure in this community, and it's like, and you're not like adapting his work i don't know but. maybe it was that much more difficult to work with to get things <laughs> Probably. adapted and it, maybe he did more like stuff for the outer limits I, this is me speculating i don't know or yeah. he didn't like i know like i said he had the ray bradbury theater i think that was in the 80s they were all his own stuff um maybe he was just one of those guys that and we'll talk about when we get to the commentary on this but he's very particular about how he wanted his uh, properties handled so you know especially if somebody's alive and like they're actively working you know, if they're going to say, Hey, that's not how you do this, then you kind of have to, you know, cause we were talking about, Oh, what's the gentleman? Um, that's uh, part of this now, uh, part of this series that, uh, he's the, one of the story consultants. We just talked about him for a paladin in the last hour. Um, you know, that, that also that important writer, um, one second, I want to look it up. Uh, cause I talked about him and his, uh, him fighting for shit because he's the one who wrote uh, Harlan Ellison, right? Yeah. Talk about somebody that's a contrarian that has very particular viewpoints about how his stories are to be written and presented. So, yeah, there you go. I, you know, I, I w- it would have been amazing to have those two guys in the same room together trying to, to talk about stuff. They would have broke out in a fist fight. Yeah, I was just going to say somebody's <laughs> going to be strangling somebody else. Oh, I, for whatever reason, I feel like Harlan Ellison would have come out on top, even if he's like the smaller guy. He just, you, you, you know, it always feels like he has like a shank on him at all times. You just, they just feel like he's just like, you know, just ready to, ready to laugh or just like stab you in the neck. <laughs> 
That that's the MTV um, celebrity death. Real match. world. I want to remember like the claymation. I want to oh, see yeah. Ray Bradbury versus Harlan <laughs> Ellison. That's what I want to watch. Right. So um, yeah. So uh, I guess we'll get into our cast here uh, to lead us lead us off. And uh, I in, in her own right is kind of a scream queen. I know that is kind of an offensive turn by some actresses' uh, opinions, but I. Uh, you know, that's what she's kind of coined as. Uh, we have Piper Laurie uh, leading the cast off here. She plays Aunt Neva. Uh, she's in one more episode or episode that we'll talk about in the future. And uh, two episodes of Playhouse 90. But she was the mother in Carrie. I think that's one of her most well-known roles. Yeah. I mean, you would talk about, like, things that scar you for life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's incredible in that film. Like, it's just wild, like, how... Uh, polarizing she is because you're like sympathetic because you know she's dealing with mental illness yeah but then you're also like and she's about to kill her daughter so yeah, like king Wright's really like i mean when he's on his, his villains are just endlessly interesting right, right. like uh rose matter is not a great book but the bad guy in that is a just a nightmare monster of a man it's like you're like oh like how do I? How do I feel like this person could live next door to me? Can I hide now? You know, Even so. Jack Torrance, because Jack Torrance is a very sympathetic character. But when you yeah. read that book, you're like, he is possessed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, the other things that people may know her from was uh, Return of Oz, a very uh, a, a creepy film for a lot of uh, kids. Uh, that one kind of left a I, impression. I remember, I remember that. Just, the the, the Wheelers, go, man. The Wheelers, man. Yeah, I, yeah. because they're the ones that had the, you know, they were all about like the Healy, um, you know, the, the Healy's. Healy's before Healy's. Healy's, <laughs> Healy's and, and Hansies or whatever. Yeah. Like, what do you want to call them? Yeah. And they then, were all turbo teens just skating along there. Now. Right. Um, and then the, the, the last uh, big credit here I want to uh, bring up is uh, The Faculty, which, because that is like a star-studded cast and it is just, I think it's an incredible 90s sci-fi horror It's a, it's a fun movie. I know it's, uh, it's directed by... Um, um, oh, um, Rodriguez, right? Yep. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, the screenplay was by um, the gentleman that did Scream. Yep. Um, yeah. You have Joss Hartnett in yeah. it, um, Heartthrob of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, uh, oh, geez, Big Eyes from uh, uh, Elijah Wood. Yep. And then you got, we even have John Stewart in there as an actor. Yeah. You have, uh, oh, um, uh, <laughs> Robert Patrick. Pattinson. Oh yeah, he's the gym. Robert Patrick. He's the uh, he's the gym teacher or whatever. He's terrifying in that too. You have uh, Famke Jansen, I think, is in that as well. Uh, You have um, you know uh, Hyde from that '70s show that we should not talk about anymore. He was in that as well. Yeah, he was. He was the drug dealer in that. That was selling. He was the one selling like the weird like pins. Like he would sell like um, the ballpoint pens with the shit pulled out with the Hmm. the drugs inside. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but no, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's just that um, it was Kevin Williamson that wrote the screenplay for that because he wrote Scream. Yep. It's like I think because like everyone was expecting like um, like sci-fi, like Scream, but sci-fi that there was a weird expectation attached to it. There were there was a weird group of films that like that had like a kind of like its own little formula, but they they went outside of the slasher films. There was this and disturbing behavior was another good one. Okay. So yeah, if you like nineties horror revisit this one, yeah, it's I fun. think it's the good. soundtrack's actually a lot like the, 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 the licensed oh, music they bring in. I, I, I will class always of say 99 is though. It's that, that super group with yeah. Tom. Oh, Tom that's Morello. good. Yeah. I always say the offspring song on that's really, really good. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. Check yeah. it out. Um, but I want to further on for Piper Laurie. I want to mention, uh, she did have two Oscar nominations. Um, one, 
was in The Hustler, the Paul Newman movie, that uh, eventually there'd be the later sequel, The Color of Money. So I need to, I actually have not seen The Hustler. I've seen The Color of Money. I need to revisit those. I remember liking The Hustler. Sorry, The Color of Money a great deal. Uh, it, it's a cool film. Um, and then also she was in Playhouse 90 and in Westinghouse, Desilu Playhouse, uh, which that's important because um, the original pilot for Twilight Zone Time Element premiered there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, great. All right. And then so uh, next uh, cast member here, we have Andre uh Gower. Gower. Gower uh, plays Doug. Uh, maybe some people might know him from Monster Squad. Uh, I, I, I recognize a kid right off the bat, and I was like, yep, yep there's, <laughs> there's another horror film connection here that we have throughout this uh, this episode. But um, And then a bunch of TV shows, like he was in an episode of Night Court and Night Rider. There you go. So, yeah, that's about it. Like When I saw him, I'm like, I think he looks familiar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the Monster Squad. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fun movie. People go back and rev- if you've not seen it in a long time, it pushes it. It's one it's it's one of those perfectly good like approachable like oh should I show a kid a scary movie like this is one of those ones where it's like it doesn't take itself seriously, but there's enough scare stuff going on. It's it's a good it's a good gateway drug to other things. It's gaining a lot more popularity. I've noticed lately too because I remember when I was a kid, I've never even heard of this film, and then I finally watched it's it for the first time. It's a little taboo because you do have kids running around with guns. Yeah, but it's like that's not that's not the like. You just watch the movie; it makes more sense when you see it in context, you know. Um, and also, uh, you got uh, you got Uncle Rico, um, you know, playing Wolfman. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so next year, uh, another horror film, uh, you know, alum here, uh, Roberts Blossom. He plays the man or man, the man, the, the man, because there's only one man in this episode. <laughs> Let's just point that out. There's only I, one man. Yeah, I got to point out that I, if I remember from our previous recording, that that was amazing that no one heard. I referred to him as Pigpen's father. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, he looks he, dirty. He looks the epitome looks, of it looks like, oh, you're just you're just full of stink lines and you just your breath has to just be the worst thing that's ever existed in this world. You know, like that, nothing against the actor, but he looks he ugh, looks no. dusty AF. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So one more uh, segment to come. We'll talk about that later. But I think uh, the thing that was most, uh, I guess, like that stood out to me the most the credit he was in christine he, oh. he sells the car and he this the, he doesn't he's not in the movie long but he has um the the way he approaches like selling the vehicle and then the story later when um arnie's buddy i forget the his you know the main character shit i love that movie but anyway the main character goes and talks to him later about the car and what happened there's that like brief statement that he gives about it's just it, it he it just works. It works so well. Like, yeah, he's so good. Um, Christine, well, uh, Terry and I will be talking about that film soon in a couple weeks on the other show that I do, Invasion of the Podcast. We, I'm sure we'll get into that more of that later. I love that movie, and I cannot wait to talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. And then uh, also another huge credit for this gentleman is Home Alone. Mm-hmm. He was the creepy neighbor that everybody had he, a story he was about. was Kevin there. He was the young kid stuck <laughs> This is. I think this is actually what Macaulay Culkin looks like now. <laughs> what if that was, what if the, 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 the roles were reversed and he was a stuck home? Do, and if he was, if what he was doing there that would be considered like attempted murder but with the kid it's just fun <laughs> you know? right like, <laughs> <laughs> what if it, it's like oh no we left grandpa home alone and the wet bands are breaking in and he's just swinging paint cans at guys and laying out traps Good. like isn't that basically what was that that film um like um don't breathe <laughs> that's what i was just thinking of don't breathe <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just thinking it. Or, I've never uh, seen it, but that or would be... the collector. Oh, oh yeah, it's the, it's the collector. That's basically the collector. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Rob Roberts Blossom as the collector. <laughs> yeah. And there's also that French film that came out prior to this, and a lot of people think that it was ripped off uh, about Santa Claus. Oh, was it something something Paranoel, Noel? Something Par- yeah, Paranoel. yeah. I've heard I've heard nothing but fun things about that. Yeah. If if you can deal with subtitles. Um, it's it, French yeah. is a very fast language, so I I have to try to pick up my ability to uh, read um, yeah, subtitles it, that's quicker. Tough. It's just the, if you know you're coming into a subtitle film, like you kind of have to have the mindset for sure. Yeah. Um, like there's that new uh, Predator movie coming out called Prey in yeah. a couple weeks. They actually shot it with English, so you see the trailer in English, but they also shot it in um, was it Comanche, like the actual native lo- tongue. That's badass with, with subtitles. I kind of think I'm going to watch it that way because it feel because it's, it's a set like 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. That feels a little bit more appropriate to me. Like yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is so. really cool. I haven't watched any of the trailers because I'm already sold. Well, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's it's predator in like older times being hunted by. Uh, sorry, he's hunting Native Americans and they won't have none of that. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then the last credit I want to bring up for Mr. Blossom is Escape from Alcatraz, which uh, fortunately you have been able to watch uh, recently. recently yeah. So yeah. Welcome to the club. You, you had you've you've given me a list of Clint Eastwood films to get to, and I've gotten to all of them so far. So I, you know, <laughs> and you only like half of them. <laughs> well, that's not well. That's not true. Like, um, I the Escape from Alcatraz is good. It's just I think because it was so um, matter of fact, like because a lot of people didn't know the story about how these guys got out when right. it came out. So that was kind of revolutionary at the time. It's just that it's like you didn't really get any character development. And that's not the point of the film. Like there's this weird like bit in the seventies where they took chances and was kind of being like, this is how we're going to do it. It's like, if the movie was made now, you, like it would be, it would be the Shawshank redemption, but them escaping Alcatraz type of thing. Right. So no, it's good. And he's, and he, and Robert's blossom has probably the most affecting part in the whole film with him losing his mind in um, the workshop. But that's all I'll say about that. Go watch the movie. It's really, really good. I also want to mention, too, that he was uh, in the pilot episode of Amazing Stories, uh, Ghost Train. He's really good in that, too. And also, in an ep- and he was an episode of uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, also, wasn't born in Cleveland, but raised in Cleveland. But I like I, I think I mentioned this previously on the greatest episode you'll never hear. Um, he moved to Shaker Heights. It's like, that's Cleveland adjacent. Like, that's not... Why would you... Mit- it's like you can look to your left and be <laughs> you're like you're like oh I'm in Shaker there's Cleveland right there it isn't like, that's not a significant difference you know like it's like you can walk to the next exit you know <laughs> you don't even need your car there it is like why is that on Wikipedia like this it's not like you know it'd be like if you moved like you know significantly away it's like no you moved to a suburb of Cleveland they anyway. must somebody who put that on uh, Wikipedia obviously doesn't know the area. No, no, they probably or, thought or like they live in Shaker Heights and believe it's superior to Cleveland in all ways. <laughs> like they, that's their big boast. Yeah, they're just like you know, you know who's from Shaker Heights? Roberts Blossom. You're like MGK and Roberts Blossom. <laughs> MGK and Pigpen's father. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, next uh, and last credit here is uh, Danny Cooksey uh, plays little boy. Uh, 
I made the joke last time. I don't think I'm going to do it this no, time. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm severely, I'm not severely, I'm, I'm, I'm securely held onto my beverage. So, so, uh, so one of Paul's and I'm sure Steve's uh, favorite <laughs> <laughs> movies, Mac and Me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you held on to it. I, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Terminator 2. Yeah, I mean, which is slightly better than Mac and Me. And uh, then Salute yeah. Your so- uh, Shorts. Shorts. So like, yeah, uh, he was uh, Budnick. Yep. And that. And he, he's done a lot. Further on, he's gone to do a lot of animation uh, voice work. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mac and Me. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, that's a movie that happened. Um, it is It is just bizarre how that thing exists. I'm just like, glad that just, you're not pouring one out for your homie on your <laughs> you keyboard. My keyboard. Yeah. I'm pouring one out for, 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 for Mac. The kid, no, I'm pouring one out <laughs> for the kid in the wheelchair that gets chucked down the hill and Mac and me and just ends up in the water. <laughs> That's that's the clip that Paul Rudd would sneak into Conan O'Brien every time he was on. Um, but I mean, if you like, and I know the most recent iteration of Mystery Science Theater three thousand have covered that film. Oh, I've not gotten that episode. I'm sure it is a delight. Um, watching it by itself is a delight. But I can't like I'm I love Mystery Science Theater three thousand. It's just I'm I'm a I'm a I. I'm a fan of things, but I'm sometimes a bad fan. I don't watch every single thing. Yeah. But I know that that, I think they're, cause their last season on Netflix was called the gauntlet, which was six, six episodes, I think. And it was supposed to be like this whole running thing of them just like running the gauntlet, like being punished. Um, I've not gotten to that one yet. So I've been bad, but I've, I supported the Kickstarter to relaunch it. So I've given them money. I just haven't watched a lot of it, you know? So, so you're um, a mediocre fan. You're like, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I will say that when they premiered one of the episodes for this new run, it was a Santo film, which Santo is like this very famous uh, luchador wrestler. Uh, and they're, they're, one of the comments went during the wrestling segments was like, oh, wrestling is just a various set of hugs or whatever they said. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's fair. Anyway, so, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, Danny Cooksey, um, uh, Budnick, uh, Terminator 2, stood up to the T-1000, Robert Patrick, would later that would come on, become a gym teacher. And, um, you know, the faculty. So there you go. It all, it all ties together. Yep. Right, right back to him. <laughs> yeah, all right. So my, my keyboard is dry, but still reeking of Pittsburgh beer. So here's hoping people we're like, let's see what happens next. <laughs> so we're done with our casting crew. That's the, that's the next sensey that I'm going to yeah. buy for you. The Pittsburgh <laughs> beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, all right. Um, so it just always smells like, um, what's a Pittsburgh beer smell like? It smells like, uh, um, I don't know. Victory. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, you know, a victory and uh, not showering daily. <laughs> I said it. I said it. All right. Anyway. Uh, I, you know what? Terry, where are we at? Start, let's start this off. There's no uh, Charles Aidman uh, intro here. Let's just get going into the Burning Man. All right. So we get our, you know, our aunt, Neva, and, uh, and Doug. They're on a little road trip to go to a family plot where there's a pond i can't like they're just driving to a watering hole yeah it's it's like i don't all right so how how often do you have to drive out to a body of water it doesn't Um, seem like like i said like i grew up well yeah like where i grew up we would have access to you know streams and, and and cricks you know, as they'd call them, you know, cause you know, there, there was always the difference between a, a crick and a creek. Like a creek was like a wider thing, but a crick was like smaller, you know, it was like narrower. I don't know why I grew up in Western, you know, we, we said stupid words all the time. Um, and like, and like instead of a crayfish, they'd be called crawdads. They'd find like the little tiny ones there. It's like, Oh, that's a crawdad. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know who it's dad is like, who's the dad of, but um, yeah, I mean, we'd have to, but I also lived like right next, uh, like next door to a state park. We had a man-made lake there. So, but you know, 
that's a lake. That's really, really deep. So we'd sometimes go to like, you know, the creek. Yeah. So not, not, um, uncommon to go swimming at the swimming hole or whatever, you know? So the, uh, yeah. So uh, I like this set in the thirties and this was me growing up in the eighties. And that tells you that Kansas moved on significantly in 50 years versus where I, where I did, you know, anyway. So yeah. So like 1936, Kansas, it's hot as balls out. Um, it's just like, it's, it's the equivalent of what most of the United States is dealing with right now here in June uh, of 2022. Yeah. So, so yeah, we like here, at least where we're at here in Ohio, uh, Shaker Heights adjacent, um, <laughs> uh, like the last couple of days uh, and Terry, like again, when Terry was here previously for the greatest episode that you've never heard, uh, we were in a bit, a bit of a heat wave where it was like the eighties, nineties. Um, so, Terry, while you were away, though, there was a day because I we, we we're having some work done in our house. We're getting some flooring put in, all this stuff. It's all good things. However, there was a bit downstairs where they're doing some plaster work. They're like, uh, it's not setting right, so you got to turn off the air conditioning. So there was a bit where in this where we're recording now, uh, Terry. This is, it's a small room. This is the room in this in my house. This this room here, nobody cares. But it's, it's where the magic happens. Well, that but, too, yeah. but it's also the one that's the hardest to heat and cool. Depending mm. upon the time of year, uh, so my wife, like we were all, we we're both working from home. We were in here the same day, and we also had a bunch of shit in here too because we're trying to move everything around for everybody. And the air conditioning was off, and it was like, "All right, I'm uncomfortable. Can we keep making this more uncomfortable?" Yeah, it's just it where you guys were smoking meats too at, yeah, the, same at the same time. time same time, it that, sounds like it was super hot in here. Yeah, it was. It's kind of like you know that sauna and um, um, Friday Thirteenth Part yeah. Eight, whatever. <laughs> like he stone walked, gets put in he, his yeah, chest. That, yeah, that's pretty much what was going on in here. And also because we kept moving all laundry around, I forgot I couldn't find my my cargo shorts because you know I'm an overweight white guy and it's summer, so you got to wear cargo shorts. So I had to wear like these flannel pajama bottoms that were like like full length, and I'm just like, all right, well. I'm sweating. <laughs> so this kind of heat. Oh my God. It was just one of those things. It's like, I was just keeping it to myself because it's like, we were all miserable. Like my yeah. wife was miserable. I knew I was miserable. Like the guys working, I'm sure they were not exactly happy because the air conditioning had to be off. And I'm just like, it's like, it's like that moment where it's like, if someone would look at me, it's like, Paul, why is your eye twitching? I'm like, no reason. No, that's not like, dehydration. No, <laughs> not, not heat rage. I wasn't about to burst <laughs> open. So sorry. I know we're talking about heat, but that, no, no, that, that, yeah. So yeah. like to give context for my, my concerns and that, and, uh, you know, not trying to die at work, but I work in a warehouse and I feel like the gray matter monster from the Stephen King book. Uh, I just feel like a big mushroom monster, like where I'm slimy well, and <laughs> well, you told me oozing when, around. When you came over today, you said that you had just come from the gym, and then you found out that your power was out at your place. Yeah. So it's like you're already like grimy and grody. You're like, oh, I can't. Wait. Oh no, <laughs> you yeah. know. So heat's like heat. Heat when you can't escape it. It's like I always feel like even though cold, cold. I hate the winter so much, but you could always add a blanket. Heat, you can't like take a, like oh i guess i can just take my skin off and just set it aside for a minute you know like <laughs> that i made that i made that exact argument today it's like my coworkers are like yeah you know summer it sucks but i'll take this over winter i'm like eh, to a point but- to a point like because like, I, I have uh, people that i know that i work with virtually that have never seen snow and they're like oh we don't live in snow and i'm like well, I was like, I, I will never complain about like, oh no, there's seven in- inches of sunshine on my car. I guess I can't drive today. <laughs> you know, like, like there, there are trade-offs, right? Right. <laughs> you know, where it's like, you look outside, you're like, oh, it's too much sun. I guess I can't 
do whatever I want, you know. But yeah, it was it was kind of miserable where we're recording in here for a bit. It's better now. And then but long story short, this heat I can like if you're if you know there's a watering hole like relatively nearby, go. You yeah, know, I can respect that. So, yeah. Yes. So uh, yeah, so we get uh, our two main characters here uh drive into that watering hole it was in the Aunt blistering Neva sun. And Doug. Doug. Um and uh, upon their way, they they see this gentleman who looks like he just crawled out of a grave, it, it, like waving them down, like "Hey, hey, hey, stop for me! Come over here and pick my dirty ass up." <laughs> like he wouldn't have stuck out in like Return of the Living Dead with the way, the, that- right? Yeah, send <laughs> more paramedics. Yeah. yeah. So then also it's important that we got to mention. I think this ties in uh, that that the the the, the aunt and, and nephew were talking about how they think this is like the the hottest like summer in like sixteen seventeen years. So when they find the man. Pigpen's dad, and he waves him down. He's wearing, but he's wearing like his Sunday best, but it's all wrong. Like it's all like like just dirty, and just like he like not only looked like he just dug out. It's like he was like you know I dug out of a grave, but I'm just gonna roll around a little bit more just to get it all over me. You know, like I'm gonna take that chinchilla bath of just dust and get in this you know and wave people down. Like in this time, hitchhiking was a lot more approachable. Uh, to this day and age, I'm sorry, sir. I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm I'm going to keep going. Like my interior is clean now. <laughs> you're not getting in. <laughs> like I don't care if you're going to try to kill me or not. You're not messing up my interior. Yeah, I, I mean, just had this detail, brother. Yeah, it's like I mean, <laughs> if you've taken a shower today, you can just murder me. It's fine. I, that's <laughs> that's the that's the chance I'm willing to take. But no, <laughs> no. So yeah, he gets in the car. Uh, and then it's like, he, he tells him to take off. He's like, it's after us. And, and she's like, what? It's the sun. It's after us. Like he's talking like a super Mario three. And yeah, angry right. Sun. <laughs> the angry sun, angry sun. It's like, just don't look at it. <laughs> like Whatever. Right. And so he goes like, so the, the, the strength of this episode is, is the dialogue. It is the, the writing in the sense of the Ray Bradbury dialogue. He writes, he has a very particular way of writing and it's very purple prose right but it's also very distinct it's also like it it, it seems a little it it seems otherworldly but very relatable like it, it, does that make sense because i know i think this is where we're going to talk about something wicked this way comes where that's a very easily readable book but you have to pay attention and but it's like th- there's a certain rhythm and dic- diction and word usage and like the way he, they just it, it when, once you read a ray bradbury story you'll understand that he's operating in a different, like his, his thought process is different, but somehow he makes it um, both approachable and fantastic at the same time. And, and, and I, th- I, I really think that that works well for our, you know, our man character, a dirty man character here, because he's saying things and making the other two in the car. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, slowly but surely. Well, but not slowly, but event, like very quickly uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Because he's talking about like, um, you know, like mentioned something about like, um, you know, like some, something about locusts. Like, oh, isn't like this the year of locusts? Like 16, 17 year locusts? And he's like talking to Doug and he's like, hey, kid that doesn't understand anything about the world. What if there's different people out there? Like 16, 17 year people or 34 or 57 or, you know, whatever age I am people. It, do you think yeah. this guy would sound as nuts if at least he had gotten a Capri Sun? Like, <laughs> like just... Give this dude some hydration. Yeah, you're like, like, let me just be like, oh, sir, I'm sorry. Here is, um, here's a Gatorade, and like, I'm sorry, here's a Pedialyte. You can just like just, and we're gonna put you in some shade. You're having a senior moment. 
It's fine. And here's a wet nap too, here's please. A wet, yeah. <laughs> like, here's, here's a cool, here's a wet nap. We like it's like I took this garbage bag and cut it out and put it on the back seat so you could sit there. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Right. It's just like if I lay down a tarp in the back for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, here's that, and it's like oh, here's here's some here's some ice chips. Just sip on them. Don't don't drink it too fast because clearly you've not been hydrated for the last eight to ten years of your life. It's fine. Rub you it know. in your pores, please. <laughs> yeah, I just you know. So, but he's like you know talking about why can't people like was what, what if there's other ways for people coming into this world? You know, it's like and he's going on and on. And Doug, like you know. <laughs> Uh, as he's a, encouraging, uh, but as a this. kid, like you, you, you think adults know everything, right? Like you think that grownups know everything as a kid. You're like, well, clearly they're older than me. They, they must know stuff. Right. And it's, it's kind of the same thing that like, um, like, you know, if you grow up in like a religious household, it's like, you know, and they talk about all this stuff. It's like, like for me growing up, like we, like we weren't really a church going household, but my mom had rules. And this is funny because we're talking about Aunt Eva who was playing, you know, uh, Carrie's mother who was very religious. Right. But like one of the rules my mom had, we had this big white leather bound Bible and it was like, you don't put anything on top of the Bible. And then I'd be the idiot and be like, but what if it's another Bible? And my mom would be like, shut up for being, stu-. she'd be like, she'd be like, she'd be like, be quiet. You're being stupid. I'm like, but if it's another Bible, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like which version of the Bible would yeah. taint but, this but Bible? This, this book is so like, you can't put anything on top of it. I'm like, but, but why, <laughs> but why not? Right. So there's like, so you just like, oh, that must be an important book. You know, like there's a certain things that you pick up like, cause you're like, oh, well, grownups must know everything. Right. Um, I, I'm now, I, I think I'm a grown up now. I realize I don't know shit and I, and to make kids believe that you know everything, but there's a time though, like when like grownups talking to you and you're like, that has to be true. Cause they're grownups. Right. So Doug is absor- like, he's taking this in and he's like confused by it, but also it's like 1930s, Kansas. I'm, I'm sure crazy man's probably your version of the internet and you're probably excited to hear something different. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm waiting for him to pull out a snake and just be like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Lord like, speaks to me yeah, in weird ways, yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like I can handle serpents and still live and also drink uh, poison, you know, whatever. It's like, I feel like we're that close, you uh, know, it's not, <laughs> I think I, I think I've told you this and I think I've told uh, people listening that I, I purposely chose, when I was in high school, I chose to get baptized Assemblies of God, which is Pentecostal. That is some weird shit that people, like, we didn't do the snake handling, we didn't do the poison drinking, uh, but they would do all, like, the speaking in tongues and prophesying and stuff, and it's like, it is just batshit crazy, but people are convicted, you yeah. know? like, And so, yeah, like, even though what he's saying is preposterous to Aunt Neva, it's it's not that far afield from the other shit people say out loud and they want to believe, right? Yeah, like, if you have yeah. the loudest voice in a the room, then you know. <laughs> I like I saw something today. It was one of those George Takei like listable things, you know. And it was like, what's the craziest religious thing that you've ever heard? And and someone said they had like friends who their mother uh, said that Godzilla, um, the name was taken in vain, so his name was actually Goodzilla. <laughs> <laughs> though right it's not that different yeah. like but i like the idea that there's a goodzilla out there now that's trying to write all the wrongs you know like yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, everybody this is what you get when we talk about something a second time that's yeah, you know right. it's not great but it's goodzilla that's what i gotta say but it, but no like but i think you're speaking to something there that's very important of like that that kind of like 
um, there's that zealotry, like there's that, um, you know, that like just passion and man conviction, con- conviction. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like resolute, like belief. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he goes on to talk about like, you know, like, well, actually as they're going through all this, um, he's mentioning maybe there's other way for people to come to this world or whatever. And then, so then a tire pops and as she's changing the tire and he won't bother to help her and you just see Doug watching the ant. And as a man is talking, he mentions something about like, what if there's like a genetic evil right in the world? And Doug's like, well, what do you mean? Basically? And he goes on to be like, what if something's is born bad and there's born wrong and it doesn't matter. And it's that whole nature versus nurture thing of like, well, if they're just born bad, nothing's going to change it. Right. And so then we get this whole thing too. Um, he says, what if the heat of today just baked the ornery man right out of the river mud? I mean, he kind of points to like a cracked area of the road to the side of the road. That's like this dehydrated, like not dehydrated, but everybody's seen like dusty dirt roads. The mud's cracked. He's pointing something like that. Then he goes on to talk about like, well, that person would like, you know, when they come out, they'd just be like, you know, like hungry and wanting to, to eat everything. And he talks about eating some summer being ravenous, being ravenous. He talks, he's looking in the distance and he's like, Oh, I guess all, you know, those trees and that grass and whatever. And like that lake over there will be like, what was it? Some summer wine or not summer wine, but like dinner wine. And Doug's really confused by this rightfully. So, but, um, he, like he says, um, what was it? Um, like something that just make you want to burst open to, to consume, right? That's all healthy. That's all good things that you want to hear from a stranger. You pick up on the road, driving to wherever you're going to go. Cause he didn't even, he didn't even get an endpoint. Just drive. That's all on, good, on right? a country road, dude. There's <laughs> nothing around here either. Like plenty of spaces to fill bodies with. Like that's yeah. what I would be thinking. I'm like, dusty dude is going to kill us. I know it. It's going to happen. It's like, what were you just previously doing? I wasn't burying bodies. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about now. Um, so then, um, you know, they get back on the road again and, um, and he goes on to talk about like, you know, cause the, the kid's like, I'm thirsty. And he's like, I could use a Capri sun. And, <laughs> and his aunt's like, that's not been invented yet. That's silly to ask that. Uh, and he's like, I go for an extra cooler. It's like, you're not even nostalgic for the eighties yet. We're not even there. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to get to the eighties and then it's get like, I know we're shooting it. this in the eighties, but you can't be there. Uh, yeah. so, um, and then he, the man goes on to talk about like, you know, you don't even know thirst. You don't even know hunger. And he talks about like, you know, eventually he's like about eating people. And that's, that's the point in which the, it's like, you know what? I think we're good. I think we're good. I think you need to leave now. Tires screech. <laughs> yeah. Time to get out. And that's, and so she's like, get out. And he's like, well, what do you mean get out? And so she goes on to say, I got a load of Bibles in the back, a pistol with silver bullets here under the steering wheel, a box of crucifixes under the seat, a wooden stake taped to the axle and a hammer in the glove box. The radiator is full of holy water from three churches. Um, that will, that the, and the steam will get you. I, that, I'm not saying that exactly right, but that's. And pretty- then she's like some Dawn soap. And then he's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I'm going to give you a shower. He's like, Bleh. I'm done, you know. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm gonna cure you of scurvy. I I have the right to lose my teeth, you know. Whatever. Anyway, um, so yeah, and he he kicks she kicks him out, and he's like, "Well, why would you go ahead and do that?" It's like, I don't know. You're talking about eating people. You're a weird man. But so they're driving away, and there's a bit there too where uh, Doug was like, "Well, why'd you say that?" And she's like, "Well." You know, like basically, you know, she's like, I was lying about that. And then Doug's like, well, what do you mean? She's like, sometimes it's okay to lie to kill a lie, which I think speaks to, because Doug just has that moment of like, huh, again, you're a kid, you know, like there's just times where it's like, 
what's going on is that she's doing the right thing to get him out of the car, but you're a kid and things are very black and white. Yeah, so it's like you, you want your lessons to be upheld, but then it's like sometimes you have to just be like, well, the lie is only for the fact that we're trying to save each other's lives right like, now. Like a, a lie, that, a lie that saves you and me and gets away from somebody like, is a good lie. Like little Dougie, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna come back to this in about ten years, and you're gonna be like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The ambulance is real, or whatever he says in the in the Monster Squad, right? No, he's like the ambulance is real. Monsters do exist. I think is the line from that movie, right? Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So they end up getting to um. They end up getting to the watering hole, and there's a brief bit where you have an ant, uh, you know, to frolic in the water with her nephew. Nothing weird. And we don't see the creepy ant from uh. What the hell was the name of that? Uh, remember the bad episode of uh season five of? Oh, oh God, I'm bringing up a joke and it's not funny now. Which was the bad ant. Um, oh, well, there was that one from um, Mute, because wasn't Mute where the ant was this terrible? What? Oh, no, no. There's one called, was it the, uh, not the invader. There was one where there was an ant that was a piece of shit to her, her niece uh, the entire time. Oh, no. it's This is the one where it's like they dive into the pond and then come out. Oh, no. Ones. You're talking about season five. You're talking about the bewitching pool. Oh, the, the bewitching the, pool. That's yeah, the mom and dad. Oh. They're terrible. But yeah. the ant, like, well, well not uh, the ant, but the grand, grandma, granny. Grandma, whatever her name is, granny. A terrible episode. Mm-hmm. That's her name, yeah. Grandma. Granny creepy teeth uh, <laughs> scared the hell out of me. Mm, uh. um, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, so, I was like, yeah. man, I'm glad we're not going there with yeah, this. I'm glad we're not going in the swimming hole and ended up with um, whatever her name was. Uh, I just, I, you know what? I don't want to ever think about the bewitching pool ever again. <laughs> That was that, that that frustrates me so much because that was like such a wet fart of an episode. <laughs> Uh, that in that it was the very last original episode of the Twilight Zone, and it was it Trash. was so bad. Trash. Oh my! Aunt T was her Aunt name. Aunt T, yeah, right? I, that's right. That I thought it name. was Aunt Nee, but that's from something else. But yeah. Aunt T, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, Aunt Nee is actually a, a, one of my wife's aunts. So. Oh, okay. Well, I hope that you know she is not that bad compared to Aunt T. And no, like, she I'm, was a real pleasure to me. Okay. Well, I'm just and if people <laughs> if people were offended that he called the bewitched pool a wet fart, come at me. It's fine. <laughs> I, I like because I mean, it works in two ways. Because one, it's a very much based in a pool, and two, it's a shitty episode. Anyway, so oh, so they so they get to the watering hole. Uh, and they you know they have their you know their fun, and then the way like as they're getting ready to leave, Doug's like, uh, what if that guy was talking? And like you know some sense is there another way out of here and she's like nah we only have one way out it's fine you'll be okay and so they they're driving home but you can see the reality on at neva's face like oh well because it's like you gotta (laughs) she she understands like all that crazy guy might be out there but you're a grown-up what would you tell a kid you're gonna be like it's gonna be fine you know yeah but also like you ever have something when you're a kid where like it's it's okay in the moment but then like that night you go to bed and you're like this is the most terrifying thing I've ever thought about in my life. You know, like, um, been there. Yeah. It's, it's probably, <laughs> I was a child once. <laughs> yeah. It's probably one of the nightmare Elm street movies I watched as a kid. And, you know, like, uh, like <laughs> in my bedroom, I had a Freddy Krueger poster on my wall, but it was like on my far, like by my door. So if I kept my door open, I wouldn't see it. I had a Bill and Ted bogus journey, um, poster on my door. So it was like, one of those things I couldn't keep my door closed at night because I would just see Freddy Krueger when I would go to bed. And I'm just like, I know I'm a teenager and I'm like, and I know it wasn't real, but I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> so I relate to Doug. Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, they're, they're back on the way out. Um, you know, they, uh, 
you know, they're driving home and that's whenever they find another person in the road. It's a young child, um, who, um, is wearing his Sunday best, but it's like crisp and clean. And, um, of course, very like, you know, why would a kid be out here by himself? And they pull over, they talk to him for a second and there was some kind of big, like, you know, event and they forgot about him or they lost him. And like the, like, so Neva's talking to him and there's, there's actually a quote with, from the kid where he's like, it's kind of spooky out here. I'm like, well, rightfully so. But it's also like, Hey little kid, did you see that crazy man that was out here earlier? Um, but yeah, they, they get it. They get in the car with him or sorry, he gets in the car with them and then they, they take off again. And that's when it gets to nighttime. And we get to the very end of the segment. So, Terry, please take it away. So, in the car, we're driving along for a little bit here. And then all of a sudden, the little kid kind of pokes his head up by Aunt Neva. And it says something into her ear. Yeah. And uh, she is upset. Yeah. Like, her, uh, the demeanor changes. Yeah. And Doug's like, wait, what? Um, What's going on here? Yeah. And then all of a sudden... The car starts to slow down and then stalls out in the middle of the road. And that's when we get the child that says the same line that we had yeah, heard er- earlier. He says, have you ever wondered if there's such a thing as genetic evil in this world? And then, so at that point, uh, Neva and uh, Doug realize, like, oh, shit, this is this is the guy reborn um, as whatever this is. Right. His, his, you know, his old self, like, cause they, 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 we talked about the locusts. Uh, there's a big theme with locusts throughout all of this. Like you see locust shells at the beginning, not locust, like husks on like you, well, I put it this way, that's what you're supposed to see. But the, the filming of this for TV is not great. Um, but so, yeah, so we have him kind of there and they realize like shit's gone sideways. And then we get the camera pulling away from the car with the lights off. And all we hear is the, the, the droning sound of locusts and that's it. And that's the end of your segment. And which I think that was a really good choice. And you said that there was a possibility within yeah. your notes. You said that there was a possibility that of a different ending. Like CBS was fighting for a scream. Yeah. And um, they're like, no. And as much as I feel like maybe some of this, like the age flight zone hasn't aged well, that decision has. Yeah. And I, I love that within a lot of uh, other horror movies that I've seen. That's just like very um, mute tone to it but you already if you've watched what you have been presented then you already know what this means yeah because if you can't deliver absolute carnage coming out of that car like meaning like if you pull away and you see like you know just an explosion of gore hitting the windshield or something then don't do that you know like because i think either it's going to be either two ways either leave your mind to fill in the gaps and make it way worse or show us how bad it is and if you can't do that then subtlety is the better way to go. It, it, you know, and we we kind of have a very similar uh, shot that is in um, what is the Anthony Hopkins uh, movie that we had watched and covered? Magic, magic, where there's a pan out scene of his his girlfriend coming back to the boathouse to like confirm that she's she wants to be with him, and she yeah. doesn't see the carnage yet. We just see her calling out to him, mm-hmm. and it's like then we fade to black, and it's like. That is more effective. Oh, I agree. Uh, nine times out of ten, I agree. I'm just saying that, like, also sometimes if you're if you're going to go the other way, that works too within context, right? Right. Um, but I would much rather. Uh, I, well, it's it's a hard line to walk sometimes. Of um, either give because you got to have an ending that feels like it actually pays off, 
right? Yeah. Um, so you got to at least get there, which I think with them turning both of them, like both characters turning, looking back at the kid and him delivering the line that mirrors what happened earlier is that moment of like, oh shit, like something's going to happen, right? And the car breaking down now yeah. and we're so you, stuck in So the- you always get that payoff of like, this is bad. This right. is really, really bad. So then you can have the ambiguousness of, I don't know what's going to happen to them next, but they're not getting out. You know, and, like, yeah, yeah. And we're not going to get an explanation because it's the twilight zone. Yeah. And, you know, like, and I love, those are probably some of the best episodes within, you know, the twilight zone universe. It's like, we don't necessarily need an explanation of what's going to happen to this character in the next step. But, it's just, but we, we know, know that it's bad shit is yeah. wrong for them. I mean, like even, I mean, this is not the same thing at all, but like something like time enough at last, like whenever, you know, uh, he drops his glasses. It's like you realize the 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 terribleness of the moment because he can't read. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what happens next because he's still alive and he's going to exist for however long with the ability to do anything. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. You know, so um, I do. I think I think am, not ambiguous, but like you don't need things spoon fed to you all the time. You know, and it's like, and I know I think maybe um, like I could speak to like my own viewings of things with like, my wife, um, like. The like one of my favorite films of all time is the thing. She hates that ending. It's an incredible <laughs> ending. It's incredible. She, she hates the ending because she's like, but who is it? I'm like, that's not the point. She's like, but I want to know. And I'm like, I understand that, but that's the point. And I don't know why we're married. That's the <laughs> like, no, no, no. But it's like, like that can work. And 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 the it's kind of like it's almost like um like with baking, right? It's like you are, are cooking. It's like. Yeah, some ingredients are good, but it's how they're used and in their quantity. And in this, it's like, you know, the, they 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 did everything correctly enough that it's like that ending is earned. You know, yeah. and, I, and I like that a great deal. And I think that's that speaks, you know, to, from the production value, um, and from the direction of this, that they know that the viewer is more intelligent than what maybe like the studio thing. Well, you would think you would hope that people turn in the twilight zone. They're more, um, I don't like the term sophisticated, but like TV has changed over. I mean, like this was like produced like 20 plus years after like 30 years after the original series, no 20. Um, and it's like, you, there's a, sophistic, a sophistication of storytelling that develops and gets like, like you, like what you and I consume now, what everybody else consumes now, there is a, there is a higher level of sophistication that's expected. Right. right. But it's also the medium, right? Like as things go forward, there's going to be certain things that like would have been like approachable because people like, okay, so I'll tell you, like, here's, here's a story. Buster Keaton um, was when he was making the silent films, uh, he wanted to have like some of his, his story edits go from like scene to scene and be like, this is, this is the end of this segment. We're going to this, ne- this segment. And at the time, a lot of studios were like, well, audiences won't understand that that's the next part of the story. So he actually took the piss out of that by there's a scene in the movie where he exits a house, gets into a car, makes a large U-turn in the street to go across the street, gets out of the car and walks into another house. And the next scene starts to basically show the, like the studio, like no one cares if you're going from scene to scene, but he was making fun of it. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think there's a certain amount of sophistication now, right? Even that, like, I'm not saying that the 80s weren't, like, qualified for story. Like, absolutely. And with this, it's like, you know, treat your audience with respect and it'll pay off. And I think this works for this. Um, do I think this is the, the best segment of the Twilight Zone? No. But, like, I think it's good. 
I'm glad that we got to like see uh, Roberts blossom, chew the scenery, you know, and eat him some summer. Uh, cause that dialogue is very tricky to get across, especially like all the, the, um, the, the Bradbury dialogue, it's almost very Shakespearean in an aspect of like, if you don't get the, like the delivery and tone, right, it doesn't make sense. And I was just waiting, hoping that he was going to call somebody a shitter. And I didn't get that, but you know, no, he's, well, he's, you know, at least he didn't talk about how that car smelled. We'll get that. Right. <laughs> it wasn't that new car smell. I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um but I like when it comes to this and how it was handled, I wish I had uh that extra layer to uh bring to this discussion. I could not find this short story. Yeah, I was going to look for it today. I just today got busy cuz I was one fighting this heat, you know, and I was trying to eat myself some summer and then also again the summer uh, ate you. Yeah, the summer ate me and then like again we've been having some work done in the house, so it's been it's been a thing. Um, so yeah, I was trying to, I was going to try to locate it. I just ran out of time. Um, yeah, I just couldn't, I could yeah. not find it. Um, with, with some more time and maybe uh, it's a review I'll put on, um, our Facebook, social media yeah. and that, you know, it just give everybody a little bit more, uh, nourishment. Well, that, and it's also like Bradbury, he's also dealt with this idea of like compressed experiences and timeframes. There is, um, it's, it's one of my favorite story titles. And I think I saw this as part of the Ray Bradbury theater. I haven't actually read the story. It's called all summer in a day mm. where it's about these kids that live on this other planet, wherever it is. But it's like, it's the one day where the conditions are great. And it's like, like it's, it's, it's crazy sci-fi in the sense that like they go outside and it's like green and beautiful. And it's like, you know, that's the one time a year that the, you actually have like a summer. So experience. they live in Cleveland. Sure. Yeah. Okay. They, they, like not shaker. No, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like they go out and have like their, their summer experience and it's called all summer in a day that feels like you, you can tell he's playing with, and even like something wicked this way comes, there's the carousel yeah. that, that goes forwards and backwards with the aging. The, these are things he's constantly, you know, have thought about. Right. And it's like, there's a lot to really dig in there. Um, so it's just what, when I say this isn't a great, like not, a, not, it's a good segment, but like not a great segment is one. I think the runtime, like, it could have been longer that would have given, if you would have given that more sense of unease, that would have been better, I think. Um, but also it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. There's something, there's something lacking here. And I, I just can't put my finger on what it is, but I think it's perfectly, I, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. And I, and considering um, versus what we just watched an act break, this feels like, Oh yeah, they'd still understand how the twilight zone works. Thank you, please. Yeah. And I, I yeah. wouldn't say this is the, going to be one of my favorite uh segments so far but it's definitely not going to be in the bottom oh five. no not at all like no. and I, we have a lot to go folks uh, <laughs> we so, already but, have a plenty to go in the bottom five I'm yeah just kidding. But no 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 yeah. it's, it, this is it's a good little segment um and it's a good palate cleanser uh, going into the third segment of the of the of this episode in particular like of this episode of the twilight zone which we're gonna get into that next week um so yeah like no i i dug it and um so you yeah dug it yeah, dog. D O G D D O G. I dog it. No, dig dug it. I dig dug it. Yeah, right. Um, I just run through with a little um, little compressor and blow up shit along the way. All right. So um, so yeah. Um, so any other notes here? I got a little bit of trivia. Um, I don't know if anything else, anything else that you want to talk about again. No. <laughs> the, the only um, the only note that I uh, set aside here is um, uh, in this episode uh, they use the same pond that was used in uh, episode two 
Um, it was dream, uh, Dreams for Sale. It was the middle segment of yeah. episode two, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can still see a little covered bridge in the background, whatever, yeah. right? So, okay, so uh, some of the other trivia I have here. There's commentary track on the DVD of uh, The 80s Twilight Zone uh, from J.D. Fiegelson, uh, James Crocker, and Alan Brennan. Uh, uh, J.D. Uh, Fiegelson was actually mentored by Ray Bradbury, um, so that that's a good connection there. J.D. had done a PBS short film based upon an Ambrose Pierce story, which we talked about Ambrose Pierce um, back in our uh, occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge episode in season five. Um, very interesting writer. Uh, and, I th- and and also a very, like, from from what I understand, I've not read his work, but also very, very um, down to earth, but particular about how he would write. So that's I think that's interesting um, that, that there's that connection. And Brad- Bradbury was impressed. So they were working together. And so uh, uh, J.D. had written this this script, The Burning Man, to go along with three other uh, stories for a TV show pitch that was going to be a Twilight Zone, like, and like you know, in spirit of, called Strange Dimensions, which is what we're going to call our podcast from now on. No, I'm kidding. Um, and it didn't get picked up at the time. But he ended up saying the script packet to the Twilight Zone, like the new Twilight Zone that we're talking about now. And they're like, oh, let's get this going. And... Uh, he um, actually originally wasn't going to direct it, and when he, because um, oh, um, the the gentleman uh, Phil was it Phil DeGear was like going to pick this up. He's the executive producer. Uh, he was going to have somebody else direct it, and then whenever um, uh, J.D. Fiegelson told Bradbury, Bradbury got pissed and was like, "You know, if you don't direct this, I'm never talking to you again." Because I'm I'm Ray Bradbury, and I'm an angry man, and hung up the phone. And then so JD talked to Phil DeGear and got to direct it. And then Bradbury was like, ah, you know, I was just, I, you know, I was just fun on you. <laughs> you know, it's a gag. Like I was just trying to get you to light a fire so you could do it. You know, whatever. I like, I, I want to see him with like his hands behind his back, like with kicking, cro- crossing every finger. Yeah. Like, and like you know. kicking a little stone in front of him, yeah. like with his head down, like I was oh, hoping. Just, just, no. And he has like a big lollipop and like a sailor suit. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Could I please direct this episode? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what happened there. And then, uh, yeah, just also the big thing I want to mention too, that Robert's Blossom, I actually asked, like, was it through the, like halfway through the first day of filming, he asked the director, he's like, is this going to scare small children? Which I think is, it shows how much he actually was like, I don't want to like scar kids. <laughs> cause I, cause I'm building up a rep cause I want to scare the shit out of kids in home alone. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but it's like the same time. It's like, it's one of those things that as a kid, you'd probably watch this. Like, I remember seeing this, like, like I have flashes, right? Growing up watching this. And I just remember, um, I remember, uh, Danny Cooksey and I'm just like, Oh, I remember the segment. I remembered nothing about it. Right. Uh, so whenever, you know, and we'll get to the twist here. It's fun how the child mind works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's going to be a couple segments coming up that terrified me as a kid. And I'm sure that it's like, Oh, that wasn't so bad, but there is one coming up later that is absolutely still as terrible as I remember. Cause I watched it as a grown up later. It is terrifying. <laughs> and I was right to be terrified as a kid. But this one, I just remember just vaguely. I'm like, Oh yeah, there's a little tiny redheaded kid that gets in a car. That's all I remembered about it, right? Like, okay. So anyway, that's what I got for trivia. Uh, so yeah, um, let's just uh, let's just rate that twist. Twist rating is not indicative of the segment or episode itself. It is one through five. One meaning saw it coming from a mile away, and five meaning mind blowing. If I recall from the greatest episode you'll never hear, I gave this a two, just because the, the because of my flash of memory of remembering seeing uh, Danny Cooksey. And like the suit, 
I, I was like, oh shit. Whenever, you know, Robert's boss was talking about how do people show up again? I'm like, oh, he's going to be a tiny redhead kid. That's going to be bad news. You know, and so. because I'm a one upper, I did. I gave it a three. No, yeah. <laughs> I just I want Terry to be like, I be, I believe all twists. You gave it five. I, I gave it six. I, I gave no. it. I gave it eight. Yeah. Eight stars. No, it, yeah. it's just like there were certain things that I didn't expect out of this, and um, that like the three I think feels a little closer to like you know in line with. Okay, something weird's going to happen, but I didn't see this outcome. That's fair, and I, and I also feel like if you're watching this when it aired, you know, you'd be like, after Apric, you'd be like, "What the hell was that stupid? Oh, this is weird. Oh, that's upsetting." Like, I feel, like, I feel like this this episode is an air like airing. It left people very uneven, you know. And, and I'm hoping the next segment, um, like, I hope it, you know, kind of tie like not ties all together, but leaves them leaves you on like, oh, I'm glad I've enjoyed this. You know, so, but you just bit your thumb. You've watched the next segment, haven't you? I have. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So anyways, but do you yeah. want to talk about that now? And I can stop recording so we can talk about it again later. I've not seen the next segment, so <sighs> no, it, we'll save it for the future. <laughs> this is, this is one of the few times I ever made. Mark your calendars where Terry is ahead of me yeah. on viewing something. Not, not that I'm like, not that like, I'm like, like stepping on his head in like a puddle of mud. Like, how dare you? <laughs> you know, like I get to it first, but yeah. I have knowledge. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have gotten it to it today, but things got busy. I but, feel like you know. Thanos now, right now, because mm-hmm. I have like I have all the stones you're right like, now like, because I like, have the everybody, knowledge. Everybody, here we go, and I'm gone. And it's just like that's it. I'm just I, like I just I just turned to dust and and um whatever beers in my system, which is like, <laughs> yeah, that beer. which drops on your keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I get dusted and my keyboard's ruined yet again. That's what happens. All right. All right. Let's go do it for our discussion about The Burning Man. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at, at Strange Highways. Uh, you can email us directly at Strange Highways, sorry, Strange Highways Podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you find your uh, podcast, rate and review us, it'd be greatly appreciated. And also, you know, um, since I'm the one that completely like ruined the, the recording of the greatest episode you'll never hear, um, if there are, um, punishments out there you guys suggest that i should maybe watch something that i you know that i'm going to be like ah, do i need to watch this i think i think i need to um i think i need to pay a penance you know and then you give some suggestions and then terry will be the ultimate judge during executioner of that come and stand for judgment yes so i figured that you know that'd be a little that'd be fun if i have to you know deal with something that i would be outside my comfort zone. i think we need to be punished the both of us not like, you no you're you're a, a beautiful human being don't do that uh so all right so how can people find us otherwise we are on instagram i don't know if y'all have checked that out we haven't gotten any follows lately <laughs> but get up on it well i mean one do we have cute animal pictures on there because we may have to have some cute animals i mean you know I, i'm gonna be out for the summer here and there with the yeah. shirt off so maybe that i'll just post that will be the animal pick as me with my at, shirt off look at that look at that burly bear action going on there you know tear tear bear <laughs> Oh god! Terry. I don't want no, no hashtags there. No hashtag, burly bear. Hashtag, hashtag tear bear. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> all all mm. all things related to Twilight Zone. We are on Instagram, um, and so yeah, please check us out on over I, there. I might have to. I might have to be that that uh, hack and uh, actually join Instagram. Join the account 
and post pictures of my black. Yeah, join and the fun, dude. And, and you know, like some pictures. of our posts. <laughs> I just, I don't like. I just, I'm so bad about that. But yeah. like, I might have to post pictures of my black and white cat and call him the Twilight Zone cat and yeah. get him in there. He's turned into a big chunk monkey. Yeah, he, lately, he, he's too. a chunk have, now. I don't know how I feel about that. But, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for a black and white cat. That is the most photogenic cat I've ever seen in my life. We to piggyback off of what Paul always says about you know rating and reviewing us. Uh, I I haven't said it for a while. Please go to Spotify if you listen to us on Spotify. Maybe you don't listen to us on Spotify. Just go to Spotify anyways and give us a five-star rating. And if you think we suck, then just give us a four-star rating. A four-star. Yeah, give us a 4.5-star <laughs> rating. Be like, not my favorite. Because, uh, you know, they have this new rating system on there. It's kind of newer, probably within the last six months. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. And there's this algorithm, you know, that's built within these uh, structures. And it might get us some more listeners now. Yeah, but again, the big thing is if you enjoy this conversation, uh, and we hope you do, because I, I enjoy it, even even though we might have had this one twice. Um, like I just I just this is always this is this has been a labor of love, and we have a lot of fun getting into it, and we enjoy the journey. And if you do too, like um, there's a thousand podcasts out there, right? Like throw a dart, you're gonna find. Like I ended up trying to find um, like reviews for our show. I found like eight thousand different Twilight Zone podcasts. So I understand that we're um, you know, one fish in a big pond, you know, and a, and a watering hole in Kansas in the thirties. I get it, you know, but you know, if you like it, let our people know about it because that, that that's kind of how I find other shows too, that I enjoy is that if somebody mentions it and I'm like, Oh, I'll check that out. And it's like, and if it hooks me, I'm in. You know? Yeah. So. And you know, if you listen to other podcasts too, like that's great. You know, we, we, you, <laughs> you should listen, have, you go listen to one a week. Yeah. You, know? like, yeah. you, you should have other people's opinions. I mean, we're just two dudes that are on this venture. So, uh, but we're the best. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for listening. And please, what, what's the next episode, bro? All right, here we go. And now, Mr. Serling. It is not, I mean, it's not um, the wet fart that is the bewitching pool. No, I don't know. Uh, it's called, uh, the next thing we're getting into is called Dealer's Choice, which Terry has seen. It has Morgan Freeman directed by Wes Craven, and Terry was biting, like, he was literally biting his, like, knuckle to not say anything about it. So I am hesitant, but. I know something you, you don't, don't know. know. And, like, <laughs> yeah. So there we go. We're going to get into it. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. It, it, it. No matter what, it has to be better than Act Break. So I'll say that. Oh, oh, I got a head nod. <laughs> I got a head nod. I got a head nod. Uh, we In don't which know. direction? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I don't know. guess we'll get there when we get there, everybody. Terry, Terry's now in control of everything. So there we go. So that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Uh, have a safe week. Um, remember, hit save on all files when you're doing stuff because you don't want to do stuff twice. And um, and it's also, it's really hot out. Just I don't, just go, go someplace in the shade. Uh, get cool. And don't pick up dirty hobo men. That's what I got to say about that. And wipe yourself down when you do get picked up. I think I'll eat me some summer. What? Eat me some summer, boy.